Hey, welcome back. I am Kim Munson. I have in studio Brad Beck. You are going to be the Toastmaster tomorrow at Liberty Toastmasters North. I am. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. And uh, we have on the line the president, and that is Hugh Curley. We do. Hugh Curley, welcome. Thank you. Uh, So we've given you some homework. What was the homework, Brad? Well, the homework is the theme for tomorrow, which is freedom versus force. And, you know, Hugh is one of the masters at answering table topics, so I'm looking forward to have having Hugh explain his uh, his viewpoint on this. Okay, Hugh, let, let's go. What is your, uh, what's your thoughts on freedom versus force? Well, I'd like to take a look at that from a very personal standpoint. I know that when I am given an objective and told to just go do it, I will do anything that is necessary to reach that objective. And that means I'll spend extra time on it. I will get extra people involved. I will do whatever it takes to make that objective become a reality. If I am told that this is how I'm going to do something by force, and I will become very restricted into what I will do. I won't put in any effort. I will do exactly what I am told and nothing more, nothing less. And so I find that by force... I restrict, I am restricted to what I will do. But if I'm given the freedom, I will go out and make things happen. And as I look at the United States, whenever we had the freedom to do what we wanted, to a large extent, as long as we didn't infringe on other people's freedoms, we became a very great country. And now as we are being restricted more and more and more by our government, and by society, we are actually falling down in uh, the standings in the world. We used to be the best in the education, the best in the medical, the best in longevity, best in productivity, and we're not doing that anymore. So I believe that by having freedom, that we actually encourage people to reach out and become all that they can be. Whereas whenever we start to force people, they become restricted, withdrawn, and do only what they must do. So I believe that freedom allows us to grow and become a great country, become a great person, and reach our full potential. And freedom is actually, as you mentioned, the, the responsible exercise of freedom. And, Hugh, thank you so much. Yes. But just one comment I wanted to, to make on that. Uh, the Denverite just recently reported that Denver's money tree is still growing but slower as Mayor Hancock unveils $1.49 billion, uh, 2020 budget. And uh, so it, it looks like the Denver economy is starting to cool a bit. And I would submit to you because we're starting to see more and more force from both our uh, local and state level. And uh, so we need to be pushing back on that. Hugh Curley, thank you so much. It's great to have you on the line. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, you want to introduce our next guest? Well, Russ Farmer is a, a good friend, and he's a good guy, and he is a uh, uh, a man who knows how to speak, and he's always entertaining when he's talking to Toastmasters. So welcome, Russ Farmer. And Russ, what do you think about freedom versus force? It's great to have you here. Uh, well, thank you, um, and good morning to both of you. Uh, I'm going to take just a little different spin on what you just said. I was thinking of giving a lot of thought to freedom versus force. Um, And as a veteran, military veteran, 
I think, you know, within the military government or within the military, we have the obligation to protect this country and protect our liberties and freedoms. But then you drill inside of the military itself and you have this drill sergeant. You have these um, commanding officers who um, almost by force are direct people to do certain activities. And I, I, I thought, you know, that's really crazy that uh, here we are, we have this organization that is supporting our liberties and freedom. And within that, we have all this force factor. And after giving more thought to it, I realized that that is not the force that really destroys our liberty. It's, it's the discipline there's a big difference between discipline and force. And you look at uh, athletes, you look at, again, into the military, there's a discipline, there's a structure, it's a training, it's drills, it's activities that create teamwork and effectiveness. And we can have discipline within our communities, we can have discipline within our even within our families as a parent. But as a parent, if you start trying to force your children or as a military officer, you're trying to force your soldiers to do something, you're going to get pushback. And so there's a, uh, a mechanism or structure. There's a distinct difference between discipline and force. And I, I think too often times that maybe we uh, can confuse those two, but it's incredibly important that we understand that difference and that uh, we don't lose track of the fact that even within a country that we profess and defend, uh, in many cases unto death, our right to liberty and freedom, that within that protection, there's this discipline uh, that's necessary to optimize our value that we bring to the table in terms of protecting our liberties and freedoms. So I would uh, not so much force, I think that there is a symbiotic relationship between liberty and discipline. Wow. And I don't, uh, um, so that's my thought for this morning. Russ, that's and, and I want to say to our listeners, so we've just talked with Hugh and Hugh Curley and Russ Farmer now, and see how you can take a subject, Brad, and you get all these different thoughts on that. And uh, so it's going to be great. We're, we have additional people on the line. Russ Farmer, thank you so much. Thanks, Russ. You're welcome. And thank you, you for your service. Day. Definitely. We have Greg Morrissey on the line. Good morning. How are you, Greg? I'm doing very good. How are you doing this morning? We're doing well. And uh, just very quickly, talking about freedom versus force, you went to a meeting earlier this week in Longmont regarding uh, the, um, what they're doing on the Second Amendment, right? Yes, I did. And um, unfortunately, I spoke in front of the uh, council, but they passed the vote to bring about the new regulations to have these gun locks put on the triggers of our weapons. Well, it's really uh, concerning what's going on in Longmont, but I, I would say that your uh, membership in Liberty Toastmasters helped you <clears throat> helped you prepare 
to go and speak uh, at Longmont City Council. Typically, you only have three minutes, which that's what we have today. But thank you for doing that, Greg. We really appreciate that. You're welcome. And um, it's good to speak to the people that was there, the people who heard me speak. I got a lot of compliments and um, a lot of, a lot of the, actually a lot of the younger people in the audience see the changes coming too. It was good to give them hope. Well, great. So let's jump in here to our subject, freedom versus force. What do you have to say about that, Greg? Well, I found some quotes here. I'm going to quote force first, then, then, then there's going to be freedom, and then I'm going to end up with one of the questions that were asked at the, con- the Constitutional Convention. And the first one is force, a society that puts equality in the sense of equality of outcome ahead of freedom will end up with neither equality nor freedom. The use of force to achieve equality will destroy freedom and the force. Introduced for good purposes will end up in the hands of people to use it to promote their own interests. The next one is freedom. At its heart, economic freedom is about individual autonomy. Concerned chiefly with the freedom of choice enjoyed by individuals in acquiring and using economic goods and resources. The underlying assumption of those favor economic freedom that is that individuals know their needs, their desires best, and that a self-directed life guided by one's philosophies and priorities rather than those of a government or technocratic elite is the foundation of a fulfilling existence. Independence is a self-respect flow from the ability and responsibility to take care of oneself and one's family and are invaluable contributors to the human dignity and equality. I found those two fascinating. I thought they'd really fit. And then the last one I have here is uh, at the conclusion of the Constitutional Convention, Benjamin Franklin was asked, what have you wrought? He answered, a republic, if you can keep it. And see, what I see today is our republic having a huge amount of challenges, and I'm asking all the people to meet those challenges and keep this republic and keep the Constitution. Well, and you did your part on Tuesday night showing up at Longmont City Council. That vote was 4-3. And, uh, and I don't think people quite understand the risk here. Um, Brad, what would you say to Greg on that? Well, one thing I've seen Greg uh, improve tremendously from when he first started in the club. And, you know, like most new people coming to the club, I think Greg would agree. You know, you're fearful. You're not sure what to do, how to use your hands, how to use your body language. And being somebody from someplace else, you just do have a different uh, take on things. And I've seen Greg grow and it's evident when he went up in front of a city council and most people are fearful to take that three minutes and speak from the heart. And Greg did that. And it sounds like you did uh, very well because even young people were coming up to compliment you. So Greg Morrissey, thank you so much. And uh, so tomorrow you'll be at the meeting, uh, Liberty Toastmasters. Yes, okay, great. And guests are welcome, right, Greg? Yes, they are. All guests are welcome. Please come learn and grow with us. Okay. Greg Morrissey, thank you so much. We're going to go to break. I have in studio with me uh, one of the co-founders of Liberty Toastmasters. And uh, to be able to get your brain around ideas, be able to communicate them, and then also be able to listen to other people, those are the things that you learn at Liberty Toastmasters. So, Brad Beck, it's so great to have you here. Well, thanks, Kim, and it's good to be here with you. Okay. We're going to go to break. When we come back, uh, more of Liberty Toastmasters. Hey, welcome back. I am Kim Munson, and let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have in studio with me, Brad Beck. Good morning, Kim. It's beautiful out. It is gorgeous. We have quite a quite a view of uh, the sun coming up here. We do. And uh, thrilled to have on the line with me, Amy. Is it Oliver? Am I um, pronouncing that correctly? 
Uh, no, it's Olivier. Olivier. I was wondering if it might be a little more romantic than Oliver. So, Amy, Olivier, welcome. It's great to have you on the line. Yeah, thank, thank you for, for having me. Um, so, on the topic of freedom versus force, you know, it's so interesting because it's so evident, I think, in, in any subject. Just last night, I heard uh, one of the Democratic presidential candidates talk about taking the top one-tenth of one percent um, of earners, of course, to guarantee daycare or school to kids under four. Uh, now, as a single mom, I just got done um, with my youngest child actually finishing his high school journey, and uh, so I have the benefit of hindsight. And it's it's hard uh, raising children, of course, um, and for uh, the full-time uh, daycare or school, um, all of those studies have came out and really show that that is an advantage. I know uh, when I was a single mother, I, I saw that, and I still credit a lot of uh, the successes that my children have had by putting them in, in full-time school at that age. I was fortunate to have them go to uh, Cheyenne Mountain Charter School and Middleton Prep, some great schools here. And, uh, and it's tough you know, when you're um, a single, you know, for any parent, um, and especially for someone like me who was a single parent, uh, you know, my transportation was often shaky. Um, there's no transportation there. Um, you know, you're getting calls about their uniforms and things like that at the time. But it was something that I really wanted. And I had to look at the effort that was put in versus the, the ROI that, that you get back. And as, as Hugh had mentioned, when, you're, when you really want something, put in that effort. And, um, and it makes you thirst for it versus having the, the force of, of having it mandated is, is just one take that you can take from that. And then the force of taking the top one-tenth of one percent in taxes from people that have rightfully earned that money. Um, I mean, that's, that's just incomprehensible to me. And they say that because they know their audience isn't going to, the majority of their audience isn't going to relate to that. So it's the principle of taking people's earned money again, rather than say offering a tax credit or advantages um, to businesses and schools coming together in a, in a meaningful collaboration is just, um, just spells out to me a true difference in ideology between freedom and force just on that one issue. And then again, of course, taking away the freedom of parents being able to choose um, how they like to educate their child and what that looks like. I mean, that's just one example of one statement of something they said that I just fundamentally disagree with and I think really points out the difference, um, again, in ideology of freedom versus source, or I'm sorry, freedom versus force, and um, the free market versus basically socialistic ideas. Very good. You know, one of the things that uh, you bring out, Amy, that I, I, I love about your perspective is you're bringing a perspective about these folks all have ideas, but they haven't asked us, would this be a good idea? And so, you know, when your perspective of talking about being a mom and making choices and then you realize you're, you're probably not at the top one, one percent. And, you know, when people start to say, well, we're going to take it from somebody else and give it to you. And you're saying, well, wait a minute. How is that fair? 
Somebody's worked really hard. I want to work like that person. And so Amy's perspective is just incredible because I bet any of those candidates up on that stage last night were not thinking from that perspective. Well, Amy, thank you so much. I really appreciate your perspective on that and your thoughtfulness as well. So, Amy, thank you. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we're going to jump over here. Alex Winkler is on the line. Alex, welcome. Hey, how are you? We We know him as Skinny. I I know. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so, Alex, uh, what is your thoughts on freedom versus force? Well, one of my favorite people that talked about this uh, and and put it in a a way that made it very, very clear um, was Penn Jillette. Penn Jillette's a pretty famous dude, uh, a great communicator, and he said something to the order. I'm going to you know, paraphrase here, but, you know, would you use a gun to force someone to do something? Uh, because at the end of the day, government has a monopoly on force, and, and we give them that because we want, you know, law enforcement to be able to force people to do it, you know, and enforce the laws. So it does make sense that government has a monopoly on force, but then the question is, how often should they use that force? Because at the end of the day, uh, government has the legal use of a gun to force you do, to do things, um, and, and rightfully so in some cases. But then you've got to ask yourself a question. Would you, you know, stop someone from hurting someone else with a gun? Would you point a gun at them and say, hey, stop, don't do that? Well, yeah, that seems logical. Stop someone from being murdered. Maybe even stop someone from stealing their, you know, stealing property, things like that, right? But then you've got to say, would you point a gun at someone and say, you will contribute to build this library. Ah, wait a minute. I don't know. But we're using public funds to build libraries. and we'll build. So that, that's a test that we can often use to say, hey, is force warranted here? Um, and it's a test that I like to use, and I, get, I come back to it. And I think that a lot of people, they don't mind so many regulations, if regulations make sense and they're for safety and whatnot. But then it's the hypocrisy. Like recently, um, there's a lot of permits that you have to pull to do certain things in my business. I'm in the event business. But then I do events. I help the government put on events. And I say, well, these permits that you have to get. um, uh, And then I was told recently by a Denver City Council person um, or someone on their staff, uh, we don't have to get those permits because, you know, yeah, we're the government. (laughs) <laughs> and I was just blown away. I said, why are you making everybody else get the permits? Why isn't, it coming out of, why isn't the cost of that permit coming out of your you know, campaign fund and whatnot, um, just like it would come out of a business that wants to put on a similar event? It's, it's really the hypocrisy that really upsets people. Our rulers often don't want to live by the same rules that they make for us. Yeah. Well, hey, Skinny, this was really, really good. Uh, One other thing I just wanted to mention, though, when we talk about law enforcement, I've always wondered how we moved from, uh, it used to be peace officers, keeping the peace, to law enforcement. But it is very important that every law, every ordinance, every rule, every regulation, every law can pass the, the, the muster of the U.S. Constitution and also the vision of the Declaration of Independence, that all men are created equal and they have these, this right of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And so we, if we have instituted laws that do not honor that, then we need to actually, we probably need to reelect pe- or elect different people, but we need to roll back this administrative state that you were just talking about as well, Skinny. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I can't wait. Like we're, we're uh, deregulating. There's a lot of deregulations happening right now at the Trump administration. And you mentioned one today. That's a huge one. I almost never hear that. We always hear about the new laws, new laws, new laws, and we don't hear about the deregulation. So I'm tickled pink to hear about these giant regulations that are being pampered back. And, and you know, because usually what happens is, and this is what we don't want, right? We, um, we regulate, 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 and then you have a tyrannical society. And then what happens? You have a bloody revolution. And then you have to hit a restart button. And, you know, obviously there's lives lost and, and it's, it's, you know. We, we don't want to get there. That's why we <laughs> right. are in the battle of ideas. So, Alex Winkler, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. Great to talk with you guys. Okay. Thanks. And that's actually a great teaser for Monday morning because Susan Kochevar, small business owner, uh, uh, one of my value partners, she's the owner of 88 Drive-In Theater. She's going to be on. We're going to be talking about a number of the rules and regulations that President Trump and his administration has been uh, rolling back, which has been good for business. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that President Trump and this administration doesn't get credit for is all the things that they're doing to make it easier for Americans to live their lives. The proper role of government is to protect equal individual natural rights, to leave us alone, to pursue our happiness. And if we're going to be really the we, the people, we need to stand up and say, you know what, this is important. We need to back this. We need to talk about it. And in the idea, in the arena of ideas, rolling back many of these regulations is going to make us much, much freer. Well, and that is for sure. And I think we may have very quickly, do we have one other? Um, Liberty Toastmasters North, we're going to have to probably give her, uh, I don't know, I don't think that we're going to be able to do it. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so we're just about out of time. Oh, Suzanne. Hey, Sue, we're going to give you about 30 seconds, okay? <laughs> oh, sure. So freedom versus force. Uh, well, you know, freedom is one of my favorite seven-letter words, Kim, and let's define it. It's the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. It also represents the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved, and a person has the freedom to do things that will not, in theory or in practice, be prevented by other forces. Um, I believe freedom to be one of the most important words in our Constitution. And um, we can be reminded of President Abraham Lincoln when he uh, issued the executive order on January 1 of 1863 regarding the Emancipation Proclamation, which changed the federal legal status of more than three and a half million enslaved African Americans in the designated areas of the South from slavery to freedom. Um, I don't know what else you want to hear from me this morning, but force obviously represents uh, that would be against people's wills. And I don't think this government um, wants to, uh, you know, uh, do that to anyone who's a who's a citizen in our country. We want to work together to give us all the freedom we deserve to enjoy here in the United States. Sue Pratt, that was awesome. I know that was really quick. We're getting jammed up near the close here. So Sue Pratt, sure. Liberty, Toastmasters North, thank you so much. Brad Beck, thank you for being here. And tomorrow, Liberty, Toastmasters North meets in Longmont. 